pray. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, dear God, we come this morning giving you the praise, the glory, and the honor. Father God, for it is a blessing to be here this morning. Lord God, you kept us last night as we slept in slumber. Oh, Heavenly Father, you protected us, oh, Heavenly Father. And early this morning, with your finger love, dear God, you touched our body, letting our eyes come over and see this day. And we thank you. Father God, I thank you for each and every one who came out this morning to uplift your holy name. Oh, Heavenly Father, I just pray that you be in our midst this morning, oh, Heavenly Father. And Father God, as we celebrate, oh, Heavenly Father, our pastor anniversary today, oh, Heavenly Father. Lord God, I just ask that you continue to bless him, continue to strengthen him, oh, Heavenly Father, that he may lead us, your people, so, Heavenly Father. Bless Bless his family, oh Heavenly Father. Oh Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, as we journey from this place, Lord, that you would be with us. Oh Heavenly Father, I pray for the sick this morning, oh Heavenly Father. Father God, bless those, oh Heavenly Father, on the hospital bed this morning, Father God. And Father God, I pray for the bereaved, oh Heavenly Father. Lord God, I pray for those that don't know you in the part of their sins, oh Heavenly Father. Father God, I just ask that you to change their heart, oh Heavenly Father, and give them a mind, Father God, to want to serve a true and living God like you. Oh Heavenly Father, these Son of bless your son Jesus name we pray amen anybody love him this morning let's love on him this morning from from your heart come on tell him I love you oh yes I do I love you love you Lord. I love you Lord today because you care for me
this morning. Anybody really love the Lord this morning? Let me see your hands. If you really love the Lord, hallelujah. Bless his name. Listen, listen, while we're in a worship experience, come on and let the other others in the in the hallway, let them in because they want to get in on this worship. Amen. Let them in. Amen. Amen. Come on and let's worship the Lord. Continue to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. I magnify. Come on, come on. Tell him that's why my heart, that's why. That's why my heart. One more time. My heart, my mind, my soul belongs. My heart, my mind, my soul. Said you paid a price. Way back, way back. You know, it's a good day to be in church, y'all. There are many an individual who wish they could be in somebody's church this morning. So we thank God for this opportunity. Let us pray together. Father God, we thank you now. Lord God, we thank you for being the great God that you are. For yes, you did love us when we did not even love ourselves and had gone contrary to what was your will. You loved us anyway and gave us your only begotten son. And for that, Lord, we are grateful. A few of your servants have gathered here this morning to say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for being so good to us. For you didn't bring us part of the way, but you brought us all of the way. And we say thank you, Lord. We ask now that you would bless us to do everything in spirit as well as in truth that what we do would be for your glorification. Thank you, Lord God, for this church. We thank you for every auxiliary of this church. Above all, Lord, we thank you for our pastor. Thank you for the years that you have given him to us. Lord God, we pray not only for this church and its board of members, but for every church door that is open this morning in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord God, for them all. We ask now that you will help us through everything that we do this morning, through the song service, through the scriptures, Lord. Bless us. Above all, Lord, as our speaker come, bless us through the preach word. We want to leave here better than we were before we came. And Father God, give us the strength to tell a dying world that you are still God and that there is no other way except the cross. Thank you now, Lord. And we ask that you will accept this prayer 
in the precious name of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Amen. That's why. Why did you come? Why did you come this morning? to be thankful for we are alive and we are present this morning so we ought to be able to just praise the Lord and just thank him for all of his many kind blessings we're going to pause right now and, and ask you to please be receptive of the announcements that's coming forth and just those that you can help don't forget to do so Mrs. Frances Mack the sister of Maureen Young will be traveling Thursday uh, out of state, and we, uh, and of course, she will be uh, attending a uh, family funeral up there, so we ask you to please pray for that family. And that's not the only one, but there are others, but we ask you to please pray for those that you know need your prayers. Also, we ask you to please pray for Sister Kalola Williams. Um, she, I understand, is the oldest, her oldest brother, as you probably heard, was electrocuted in, in Louisiana, and ask that you please pray for that family as well. Uh, Willie James Carter, the brother of our own sister Carter, as most of you probably know, was laid to rest this past weekend. And we ask you to please don't forget that family as well. And you've all, I've already heard that uh, about the pastor's anniversary. You know that's going to be our second service, and we ask you to begin to pray for our pastor and pray for yourself too, because we have a tremendous thing in front of us. Because we have the best pastor that you can find any place in the world. And it's, and he certainly deserves all that we can give and then some. Amen. We're going to just recognize a family that's visiting out of town, if you would just allow us to do that. But just uh, prior to that, we're going to get some additional announcements from, okay, no, okay. Um, see, we have the Jones family reunion visiting with us this morning. They travel all the way from Ohio, Ohio, Michigan, and Virginia. So we're going to ask the Jones family, won't you please stand up? Stand up, Jones. Amen. God bless you. Come on, Kate Chapel. Let's give them a big round of applause. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Thank you so very much. We hope you have a wonderful time and, a, and of course, a safe trip back home. You knew exactly what church to come to. Amen. <laughs> this time now. I know we have some additional uh, visitors with us this morning, and we certainly don't want to miss you. So listen, if you are not yet a member of this congregation, we're going to ask right now, if you would, please stand. Let us thank you for coming and invite you back. All visitors, please stand up. Stand up, visitors. Amen. God bless you. Won't Amen. You? Amen. God bless, God bless you. you. God bless Won't you remain standing for just a moment? God bless you. Amen. Visitors, we want you to know. Um, no, remain standing, visitors. We want you to know on behalf of our pastor and the entire K-Chapel family, we're just so happy that you chose to wish with us today. We know that you could have gone in the place. You made our hearts glad by your presence. If you're just visiting, please come in the time to get to the library. If by chance you're looking for a church home, before you leave today, we're going to try to convince you that you just found home and why you're standing. We're going to give you something. You're going to get here at K-Chapel Mississippi Baptist Church. God bless you. This is our fellowship period. Why don't you reach out and welcome your neighbor. Welcome to K-Chapel.
phones right now. We have one that's ready for the right hand of fellowship, and we wouldn't dare skip him over. So we're going to ask those who are normally on this panel to get ready. And for the young man that's ready for the right hand of fellowship, come on down. Where are you, young man? Oh, he's right here. Amen. <laughs> excited to be a new member. Amen, somebody. Just excited to be a new member. And, and so since, he's, he, since he has that zeal, we say, well, let's go ahead and give you the right hand. We'll get the certificate and the, and the Bible to you on next Sunday. Amen. But can we welcome our newest little member to K Chapel? God bless you. God bless you. Good to have you with us. just one announcement here that I'm just going to I need to make. We need your prayers and support for our children and families in the Jackson Public School District. Our city needs quality funds to have quality schools and we all know that. Our board members are asking every effort for the churches to help uh, and, and do all that you can to help support our young people. Please let us know if there are ways that you and your congregation can help. And we know that already, and we have somebody that's going to remind us back there already. But just pray for 
Because listen, if they don't get an education, if they don't get a good education, if they don't get an excellent education, we all gonna be in trouble. So let's don't forget our school children, amen. We have now just an announcement from Miss Ashford. Won't you please come? Good morning, K Chapel. Good morning, K Chapel. That's better. Today is a great day. Today is the day that we will celebrate our pastor's 11th year anniversary. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited about it. And when I was asked to do this, I really didn't know what I was going to say. And I thought about the word anniversary and what that means. And we often think of a husband and wife. And I know in my home, when it's time for anniversary, I set it off right. I go that extra mile. I'm bad to the bone. I give him a little extra. Not that I don't appreciate him all year, but on that day, that's a day for us to remember each other and celebrate. In Proverbs, it said, Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing. But then I thought about it. Now, my husband had to find me. But Jeremiah 3 and 15 says, But I will give you pastors after thine own heart, that you may receive understanding and knowledge. Now, it was a good thing that my husband found me, a very good thing. But when God gives you something, when he gives you somebody, that holds a little bit more weight. Now, you know that surely if we can set it right, and set it off at home for our spouses, we can set it off right for our pastor. And we can remember our pastor and his family because he labors for us. And just like my husband belongs to me and I belong to him, my pastor belongs to me and we belong to him. And we can show him our love. So you will find a green envelope. If you don't have one, one will be issued to you we're asking for $50. You know, my husband's favorite meal is ribeye steak, and can't nobody cook it like me. Nobody. But you know what? Through the year, sometimes he get liver. But on the anniversary, he gonna get that ribeye, for sure. So, don't give the pastor liver today. Let's give him a ribeye. Let's give him a ribeye with some onions and mushrooms and bell peppers and loaded potatoes on the side. Let's show our pastor and our first family that we love him and let's help him celebrate his 11th year anniversary. I say that was well said. <laughs> I, I will just say also that the pastor did such a wonderful job this past week. Uh, he, I don't, if, you, if you missed the convention, you missed a whole lot. Did a wonderful job, and we just thank God. Listen, we have so much to be thankful for because we have the best. Y'all agree with that? We have the best. Come on, give our pastor another round of applause. This time now we're going to stop and move ahead. And where we, this is a situation where we all can participate. And just remember that. You can't be God-given, amen? 
And if you give, and if you give with the right spirit, I promise you, you'll get it back twofold. So at this time now, we're going to pause for a time and hour service where we all can be a blessing to this church by giving as we have been so blessed. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone, which I have set for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. This is the word of God for the people of God. Praise, honor, and glory be to God. Amen. Ushers, choir.
say amen. amen. Come on, let's say amen again. Amen. We th certainly thank God for this day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are glad in it. Amen. Amen. What a, what, a, what a full and packed week we had on last week as our General Missionary Baptist State Convention met here in the city of Jackson for its 129th annual session. I want to thank each of you for coming out and supporting us on Wednesday for uh, my annual address as executive director of our Congress of Christian Education. I also want to thank all of, uh, all of the volunteers who took part in, in, making, in introducing our campaign to the convention on all last week. What a marvelous uh, display of support uh, you shared with us and I am indebted to you and grateful for you for your support and for your sacrifice. Uh, some of you took off work and I'm thankful, amen. Uh, some of you just showed up out of retirement and I'm thankful, amen. Amen. Whatever you did to make uh, last week a successful week for us, I certainly thank God for you. And we're looking forward to a wonderful campaign. We've got two years to go, y'all. Amen, somebody. So I need your prayers. I need your support. And I uh, need you to keep lifting us up because it's a long journey until 2020. But we're going to run and we're going to run hard. Amen. Amen. I also want to let you know that on next Sunday, next Sunday, uh, we're going to hear from our own Reverend Shirley Harrington. Many of you know that uh, this past a few well last month in may in may this past may uh we were able to help support her in her mission trip to uh india uh, and she was able to go and share with a group from our national baptist convention in that country and share the gospel of jesus christ this uh sunday uh, during the uh, sunday school hour review hour we will hear from her and, and get a, a review from her in terms of all of the mission trips all all that took place and the, and the way that the gospel has, is being shared and what more uh, needs to happen uh, in terms of foreign missions from uh, this part of the world. Amen. And so we invite you to come and share and hear uh, that report from our own sister, uh, Shirley, Reverend Shirley Harrington. Amen, somebody. Amen. We certainly thank God for this day, and uh, I thank God particularly uh, for a dear friend who's going to share the word of God with us on this morning. Uh, I'm speaking of the person of Reverend Maxine Bolden. 
Reverend Bolden is a great friend of mine. We met uh, back during the days of Tougaloo College. Amen, amen, amen. And uh, she and her husband, we have been friends uh, since uh, since grades, uh, I guess going under the, 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 the moss-covered trees of Tougaloo College, we met, my wife and I met them, and we've been good friends ever since. I see good friends also from Tougaloo, Esther Young, and from uh, Blackburn Junior High School. They call it middle school now, but it was junior high school when we went. Amen. Uh, Cortland Young, who are, who are here in support of her. But let me, let me tell you something about uh, uh, Reverend Bolden, who comes to us. Uh, she is, uh, as I said, she's received a Bachelor of Arts from Tougaloo College, but also received a Master of Divinity from ITC in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, both of where she was magna cum laude at both institutions. Amen, somebody. Amen. She's a certified spiritual director and is a clinical chaplain. She's currently uh, serving as the uh, appointed campus minister and director for the Jackson State University Wesley Foundation. Uh, she has uh, also given pastoral leadership uh, to both uh, the Greer Chapel United Methodist Church in Flowood, Mississippi, um, as well as there was another one. Where is it? I forget. Where? Thank you. Itabina, that's right, that's right, Itabina, Mississippi. Uh, Sam, there it is, Samuel Chapter, UMC, and as director of the Mississippi Valley State University, the Wesley Foundation in Itabina, Mississippi. Amen. She spent some time with the Delta Devil, somebody. Amen, amen, amen. So look, she got all of it covered. She's, she's from Tougaloo. She went to Tougaloo. She's at an appointment at Valley. She works at Jackson State. Amen. Anything in Alcorn? What? CJ, okay, good, good. And, and, and she's a Delta for all you Deltas out there. Amen. I know we got some. Amen. Y'all say amen. Amen. God bless you. But more than that, more than that, she's, she's a wonderful woman of God. Some of you met her on last year when we had uh, both she and her husband to come and share with us during our prayer revival. Uh, they labored with uh, many of our, our couples and, and, and individuals who were interested in getting married and prayed with you for uh, the course of that, that three-day prayer revival. And, and I, I was told of wonderful things that happened uh, in that small group. And we're thankful that she accepted our invitation to be here with us on this morning. And so listen, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to make this United Methodist feel welcome in this Baptist church. Amen. Can y'all do that for me? Listen, this is my friend. This is my colleague in ministry, Reverend Maxine Bolden. You will hear from her this morning. Come on, let's give her a cane chapel welcome, y'all. Squad's going to come with one final selection, and we know that it will help us all prepare for the information that we assume be getting from the pulpit. Choir.
and the choir was standing near and the congregation was singing a tune in a voice so loud and clear and you know the crowd they stood all around them and they were crying I could plainly see for the song that they sang was so touching they were singing nearer my God to thee now they kept on singing Everything will be all right. They kept on singing nearer, my God, to the old era. And every day, Lord, I have a desire, desire to be and nearer, my God. can lead a good child, good child to go astray. And now children, listen to your fathers. And it doesn't matter what people might say. And no matter, no matter what the crime, when they bring their child before mother, Mother say the child is mine I have a desire for my child to be And never am I going on She said, Lord, he'll be alright If he can get near My God to the old era And every day, Lord, I want to get near Everything will be alright They kept on singing nearer My God to the old era And every day, Lord I have a desire Desire to be Nearer my God Oh, help me, Lord And I remember just a boy my mother would still off she was still off all alone I used to wonder what my mother was doing I went out one morning found her with folding arms mother had her eyes up she was looking up toward the sky I, I saw the tears as they fell down mother's eyes and I can still remember the song their mother was singing it was never my God she said Lord I'll be alright if I can get nearer my God to the old era and every day 
Lord. I want to get nearer. I want to get nearer. My God to them. And everything will be alright. They kept on singing. Buckley, Dr. Buckley, and for all the officers and people of this congregation who make up God's family. I also would like to take a moment of privilege, if I might, and our daughter is here. She is a candidate for ministry, and I'd like her to stand. She will hate me for it forever, but it's okay. (laughs) Praise the Lord. You know, it is a good thing to know that your children are following in the Lord's way. And so I just want to acknowledge that we are graced that God has seen fit to bring himself glory through our children. And I want to thank my friends who are here, who I invited personally, and all of you, uh, my college roommate and friend is here, Attorney Greta Mac Harris. Please stand. And her family are here as well to support me. Stand up. Don't, Don't be disobedient in church. Praise God. And I also thank Esther and Cortland for being here with me. And I want to say what a privilege it is to share the word of God. How many of you know that somebody would come looking for you if you were lost? Anybody here know? You know right now who would get up out of their bed looking for you if you were lost? If you were lost directionally, financially, spiritually, physically, if you were lost and needed somebody to find you, how many of you truly, you can name the person, you can see them coming right now. You know, we all need somebody who would look for us if we're lost. And so I want to share with you today the word that God has given me. It comes from the book of Luke, the 15th chapter, verses 1 through 7 and I know the custom is to say amen when you find it, but I invite you to stand in the presence of the word of God because it is through his word that he is revealed. Amen. 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 Hear this word of the Lord. 
and my translation's a little different, but then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, what men of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until, somebody say, until, he finds it. And when he has found it, has laid it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. This is God's word. The people of God say amen. Amen. May there be a blessing to the hearing, the reading, and the doing of the word. I want you to think with me on this thought. Come see about me. Come see about me. You know, we can be lost a lot of ways. Pastor, you know that you've seen people lost. You know they have that look on their face. They have that. We had it when we came in this morning, and one of the ushers said, I think they need some help. You recognize lostness when you see it. And if you've ever been lost, you look for people who need direction because we want to share with other people what we ourselves have found. When somebody takes the time to look for us, it means that they love us. It means we matter to them. And so we can hear this parable. We hear in this parable a few things, but one of the things I want us to recognize, first of all, is Jesus is ministering in the midst of some lost folk who don't know they're lost. He's talking to the scribes and Pharisees, you know the church folk, but some church folk don't know they're lost. And I hate to say that because people in church don't like to hear that, but you know there are two kinds of people in church. There are the Christians and the church folk. I call them porch people. You know, I call them porch people because in John 5 it says that there were some people on the portico of the temple. They were right at the church, but they weren't in church. And so when we are lost and we don't know we're lost, we're in a worse condition than the people who know they need a Savior. And Jesus is here ministering to the scribes and the Pharisees who have read all of the word. They understand what the Bible says. They understand what the scriptures say in terms of the intellect, but their hearts have not registered that it's talking about them. Look over at somebody and say, would you come see about me? See, sometimes we're walking with people who are lost, and we know they're lost, We can tell they're lost by what they're saying or what they're not saying. When you hear people saying, I can't get my credit right, you know, I'm trying to get this, but it won't work, or I've applied here and here and here and I can't get a job, or I prayed about this and prayed about this, sometimes we're lost, and it's not a bad thing that we're lost as long as somebody is looking for us. But the first thing that has to happen is we have to know that we're lost. The scribes and Pharisees were upset with Jesus because he was talking to the sinners and eating with them. 
See, the first thing when we are asking somebody to come see about us is we have to first confess. We have to confess to ourselves that we are lost. We have to understand that we need help. Why is it that we don't want to ask for help? You see, pride goes before the fall, according to Proverbs, but very often we are in the midst of the fall before we ask for help, before we confess our need for somebody to shine a light in our darkness and see where we are. We have to go through some things. So we have to confess that we need help. The scribes and Pharisees don't understand that, but the ones that Jesus is supping with The word says in Revelation that I will knock on the door. Behold, I stand, it says, and knock. And if you open the door, I will come in and what? Sup with you. See, Jesus is knocking on somebody's door today saying you're lost and I want to come in, but you got to confess that you need me inside on the other side of your door. What is your door? Because whether we're saved or not, all of us have some doors. We have some rooms we have not allowed God to walk around in, Pastor. We may have confessed that affair or that that thing we got going on with gambling or the pornography or the lies we told, but we haven't quite opened that back door. You know that back door in the back in the booth in the corner in the dark where nobody has been just yet. So we need somebody to come see about us when we're behind that door. And we put that door up sometimes when we don't want to be bothered. You know, some of us call it depression. Some of us call it anxiety. Sometimes we say, I just need to be alone with myself. But that's not always a good place to be. We need to confess that we need a Savior. It says Jesus sups with the sinners and he receives them. The church folk are not happy. You know how it is when pastor and the the deacons and the leaders of the church said, we're going to go out and feed the hungry. We're going to go out and minister to the homeless. We're going to receive the people who just got out of jail. Like, whoa, I don't, you you sure you want to bring them over here? Why can't we go over there? But some of us don't want to minister to the broken because we know we are broken. And if we start shining the light, and we start washing dirty feet. If we start talking about what's wrong, our own confession would tell us on pastor. It says he eats with them and he receives them, but Jesus tells them a parable. And he says, how many of you, see, it doesn't hit home until it's personal. It doesn't come true until it comes on our street, until it comes down our pew. He said, how many of you having a hundred sheep? Because you know when it hits something we value. We have no grace until it's about what we value. We don't want to deal with the opioid crisis unless it's somebody we value. We don't want to deal with the street corner people until it's somebody we value. We don't want to go deal with the PTA and the board unless it's one of our children in the school. We don't want to say anything unless the benefits of the veterans affects our veteran family members. We don't want to go into the gay community unless somebody in our family. 
See, we must first confess, then secondly, we have to, we have to collectively assess. We confess and then we have to assess yeah. our situation. How many of you, having 100 sheep, yeah. would not leave the 99? See, the 99 are secure. See, some of us are secure. We are saved. I remember my day. It was a Friday. I believe it was a Thursday. And the pastor came down and he was preaching on this text. But you got yours, but I still got to get mine. Matthew 28 says, go ye into all the earth and preach the gospel and make disciples of who? All men. It's not enough for 99. See, 99 and a half won't do. We have to assess what would we do if the lost one was ours, if the lost thing was ours. How many of you ever lost something that really mattered to you? I can remember my first engagement ring. When my husband asked me to marry, our rings cost about $25. We got them at service merchandise. Now, some of you don't know where that is. It's not on the internet. You won't find that on the web. But we got them at service merchandise. They were two for $25. They were gone. But the, you could barely see them. But it meant the world to me. And one day I was washing dishes in my ring. And I had big hands. But somehow it came off and went down the sink. And I don't know, some people take their rings off. I, I don't think in 30 years I've taken mine off more than 20 times. I don't care where I go, they can do an x-ray or whatever, I'm not taking my ring off because it represents something to me. It is a holy symbol to me. It's not jewelry. But I lost my ring and I'm not a plumber. And you know, now you can go and, and you can Google something and look on YouTube, Dr. Buckley, and find out how to fix it or how to undo it or how to redo it. But at the time, I had to just pray, Lord, help me to figure out how to get my ring out of the sink. And the Holy Spirit said, don't turn on the water. Because I thought if I turn on the water, it'll kind of flush it on around to somewhere I could get it. No, that's not the thing to do. I had to assess, is it valuable enough for me to get down on my hands and knees and break a nail and, and get something to get that plumbing loose down there. And I truly was blessed because I discovered if you, if you look under your sink, those of you who've never done it, we had those, they're not plastic, what you, PVC pipes and it has a little ring on there. You just spin it with your hand. I didn't need a tool. And I unscrewed it and I unscrewed the other side and took it out and my ring was right in that little elbow, you know? But I had to assess what was it worth for me to get my ring back. Jesus said, how many of you having a hundred? See, I could have been just satisfied. I got the man. I don't need the ring. I could have just said, baby, you know, I lost my ring. It's time for a new diamond. I could have just said, hey, we know we're married. I don't need a ring. But the ring was valuable because it represents a covenant to me. And I could have just been satisfied with being married. But my covenant testifies to people. It tells people when I don't have to say a word. It speaks about what I believe about my covenant even when I'm not talking. And so Jesus said, how many of you having a hundred would not leave the 99 
to go find the one. Can I be honest with you? There are times when I meet people that myself really doesn't care for them. Don't act like that and look at me in that tone of voice now. I come out there. But sometimes my flesh just don't care for them. They rub me the wrong way. And that's when I have to sing nearer, my God, to thee. Because I, I said, keep me near the cross so I can remember, God, that I'm representing you. But some of those times when I don't care for them, the Lord said, but I care for them. And you know, I always tell people, don't push me because I'm saved, I'm sanctified, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, I love the Lord, I'm filled with his word, and I'm covered under his blood, but there are some rooms that I, did I mention there are some rooms? Now you keep knocking, you may get to one of those rooms, you know. But God say, you need to understand that that person matters to me. And in 2 Timothy, it says that a teacher cannot be argumentative or you must be above reproach so that when the time comes, you are able to witness again because who knows that God will not bring them around. So I can't operate in my flesh. I have to understand that that one is valuable to God. Tell your neighbor she's coming to see about you. See, God said this word is for all of us. We have to confess and then we have to assess the value of what is lost. See, so many people are walking around lost, waiting for somebody to find them, but some of them aren't willing to confess and they can't assess their value because we don't value them. Doesn't the word say we are made in the image and likeness of God? So that in itself is enough to value that one. And I know if you're like me, you can think of at least one person right now that you ought to be valuing. At least one value treasure that you ought to be seeking the Lord for. You ought to be praying for them every day. God, bring their heart to you. Lord, turn their minds to you. God, help them to know they need a Savior. Not judging what they're doing, not lifting up where you saw them last, not thinking about what they said to you, but God saved them for your sake. He said, would they not go find the one? We confess and we assess and then we have success. He said, because when the one is found, He not only celebrates and rejoices, he says he invites his friends and his neighbors to come and celebrate. Just like you all received this young man and everybody came and celebrated him. There is success when we reach out to what is valuable to God. Come see about me. We have to learn to celebrate the small victories and the big ones. I was at a church one time and I preached and the pastor leaned over and said, I want you to do the altar call. And I was thinking, I didn't really come prepared for that. But I got up and I said, Lord, I don't know what you want to do. But there's somebody here who doesn't understand the doors of the church are open. Because they ought to be open all the time. Somebody doesn't understand this is the altar call. 
Because when they knelt down last night, it wasn't an altar. It might have been a commode where they were praying and giving up whatever they had in them. Or it might have been the side of the road. It might have been the back of a bus. It might have been the back seat of a car. I'm just telling you the truth about it. It might have been a corner. But I said, Lord, somebody here needs to know that you love them right now. And that they are yet lovable in spite of what they feel. And this person came up and I could tell that they were struggling to come because it was their home church. You know, you're never welcome in your own home because stuff happens at home because people know you they know i remember when so don't come down here acting like you saved today because you know i know when i know what you did i remember i was there i saw you over there just last week but i said come on up here to me and hug me and the person ran up the aisle and hugged me and said can i come up here again See, success happens when I can come again and again and again. Because the word says that the righteous man falleth seven times, but gets back up again. So you may have to come five times. You might have to come seven times. This might be your tenth march down the aisle. Here I come again, Lord. But the word says that there is more rejoicing in heaven over the one. See, we want people to believe, Pastor, that when they come to Jesus, that it's a one-time thing, that all the doors are open, even that back room door is open, and everything gets fixed, and everything from now on is happy, happy, joy, joy. But, but that's when the trouble starts. My husband and I do these marriage retreats, and, and we'll say, you know, the husband came home, and it was the anniversary, and he says, what's for dinner? And that's when the fight started. It doesn't take but a little bit to get the fight started. Yeah. But when we accept Christ and we say, Lord, I'm willing to give you my right hand. I'm, give, I'm willing to give you all of me. Can I tell you another thing that happened one time, Pastor? We went to this church when I was in Atlanta. And you know, it was my first introduction to homelessness face-to-face -face and street people and all of that. And there were just some things I'd never seen. But we went to this church and it was, it was a... Uh, an urban church. All right, all right. You know, that's the political term for it was in the hood. Yeah. <laughs> and we went to this urban church. And the pastor was talking about that where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. And he challenged the congregation, instead of doing an altar call, he said, I want to ask you to bring your most valued thing to the altar. And a lot of people came up and stood at the altar, and some people brought money to the altar, and there were people who brought things, but this, this dude put a bag of weed on the altar. And people got bent all out of shape. See, some folk are willing to be real about this thing. Some people are willing to say, Lord, I believe you. And if I can trust you with my weed, I can trust you with me. See, you may not like that, but that's just the truth. 
because the word says we speak the truth in love so that we may grow up into him who is the head and in whom all things are knit together. Even our stuff we don't want to talk about is knit into that body until it is sanctified once and for all. Come see about me. That young man was saying, come see about me. I got something I can't handle. And I don't want it to be my treasure. See, some of you are like me. You're struggling with your lostness right now. You're trying to figure out, I know she's talking to me, Lord, but I can't really put my finger on what it is, but the Lord will show you. And I'm going to tell you what I gave up. About 10 years ago, you know, we practice Lent, we give up something. What is it that we're asking God to work with us about? What do I want him to sanctify in me as I make this sacrifice? And I said, Lord, I want to give up having to understand what you're doing. I don't want to have to know the details. I want to just be able to take by faith whatever you tell me without trying to figure it out. So I'm not trying to figure out what he's talking to me about right now. I know he's going to tell me when I need to know. He said, I'm knocking on some of those doors right now. And just this week I said, Lord, if you'll come see about me, I'll open all the doors up to you. He said, okay now, when I open them, don't be ashamed. And don't get mad. See, sometimes God has to open those doors in a public place so that we can really humble ourselves. My friend David Bickham says you can either humble yourself or be humiliated. It's the same result. So you can humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so that he might exalt you or you can be humiliated. You may still get exalted in time, but once you get over it, you'll be ready for promotion. <laughs> Jesus said, I say to you, there will be more joy in heaven over one who repents. Than the 99 just who have need of no repentance. And that does not mean the 99 are perfect church. It does not mean that they are not in need of a savior. It means they have received salvation and they're working on their sanctification. They're going through some things. They've been justified, but God is sanctifying them. Even as I speak, the fire that comes, the refiner's fire that comes to test us will burn away everything and open every door, shut every mouth if we submit to it. One last thought as you think about this, you know in Romans 12 it says, I beseech ye brethren that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Don't even go to the holy part. I want you to stop there because, see, it's summertime. How many of you have been to a family reunion already this summer? Went to a class reunion. This, you did something where there was some barbecuing going on. I asked God to help me with that because he gave me that years ago for my personal ministry. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I said, God, I want you to help me with a living sacrifice because I, I, I can look up living. I know what it means. 
I know it sacrificed me, but tell me what it looks like. And my husband was cooking on the grill. And I walked outside and he was putting ribs and chicken and don't let me start now. But he was putting some stuff on the grill. And the Lord said, you see how that meat is just laying on the grill? It's just laying there. But it's a dead sacrifice. He said, living sacrifice is when things happen and you go and get on the grill even though it hurts. A living sacrifice makes a choice to get on the grill for the sake of Christ. I know you're going to talk about me eating with sinners, but I'm going anyway. I know you're going to talk about us, K Chapel, for going down on the corner with those prostitutes, but I'm going anyway. I know you're going to talk about we always doing something at K Chapel, but I'm going to do it anyway. I know you're always receiving people over and over and over and over again. You know they seeing just last night, but we're going to do it anyway. He says, a living sacrifice will submit to the pain of being a witness for my sake and for the sake of the gospel. That is what makes us a holy living sacrifice, pleasing and acceptable unto him. So when the word says, come see about me, I'm lost today. I don't know my way. I don't know how I'm going to get where I'm going, mother. I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill. I don't know how you're going to work this situation out with my sickness. I don't know how you're going to save my child. I don't know how you're going to get me through this process. I don't know how I'm going to make it without a job. But come see about me, Jesus. Because I have need of thee. And aren't you glad that he didn't just come see about us, but he got up on a cross and died for us. He said, I don't want you to keep dying in your lostness. I will die for you once and for all. And I don't have to sacrifice again, and you won't either. The word says that we have a high priest who understands in all things because he has endured the cross. He has lived what we had to go through. He's been spat on. He's been talked about. He's been persecuted. He has been crucified once and for all. And it never has to be done again. He said, not only will I come see about you, but I'll go into a tomb in the darkness for you. You don't have to walk around in the dark. You don't have to be in the dark. You don't have to live in the dark. He said, I'll go in the tomb in the darkness for you. He said, and while you're looking at how long it's going to be, the doctor says it'll be three years, it'll be six months, it'll be five years, it'll be three days. He said, I got three days for you. He said, because on the third day, I'll come out in the light and bring you with me. Because the word says he rose with all power. And when he got up with all power, somebody say all power, he got up to come see about me. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. And amen. Give God some glory in this place. Come see about me. I don't know about you, but there was a time in my life when I needed someone to come see about me.
there was a time when everything seemed dark. All my friends were gone. I felt all by myself. But there was a day much like today where I found my way into God's house. And the Spirit touched me and let me know that God loved me. So there may be someone who is in the house today who may have felt who may be feeling like that who may be feeling all alone who may be feeling lost and confused there may be someone here who felt that they knew something about the Lord but have lost their way now is the moment in this house that we ask that you walk down that aisle and give your hand your heart and your mind to Jesus There may be someone who is dealing with an illness, a sickness, a situation that seems too big for them alone. The altar of the Lord is before you. We ask, will you come? someone here who is afraid to walk by themselves but I'm here to tell you at Cade Chapel there's someone who will walk with you so all you have to do is tap your neighbor and say I'm ready and someone will walk with you the altar of the Lord is before you will you come brother and sister just to touch them the word says that if there are among anyone among you who is sick we call upon those who can lay their hands on you and call on God for you we ask that you come right now the altar of the Lord is before you will you come Just 
You ought to come. You can come just now. People have different reasons to come. Somebody may need to come for salvation. But somebody else may need to come to get back into fellowship with the Lord. Somebody else might need to come just to lay some burdens at the altar. Whatever reason you need to come, the good news has been given this morning that you've got a God who's here and who will come and see about you. Won't you come? My God is able. Now unto him, the writer says, who is able. He's able to lift up, bow down heads. He's, he's able to give you a new start on life. He's able. He's able to turn your life around. He's able. He's able to meet you here, wherever you are, whoever you are. Can you just sing one more time? Only trust him. Only I wonder if you'll trust him this morning. That's all you got to do. Just step out on faith and trust him. Don't try to figure out what he's going to do in the meantime. Just, just trust him with your life. Trust him with your heart. Trust him with the problem. Trust him with the circumstance. Only trust him. Only trust him. Oh, just now. church accept you as a member are you willing to study with us are you willing to work with us god bless you god bless you i'm gonna ask you all right let me step in and say welcome home amen <laughs> god bless you go with sister jones that you be scheduled for your orientation classes amen and sister jones has a short statement she wants to make First of all, I want to give honor to God. Church, I appreciate every all the prayers. I have been in a dark place since probably the middle of April, and I asked the church to pray for my husband and me. Thank God the prayers have been answered. I just, I just want to say thank you so much, because when you get news that you can't deal with and your husband is dealing with and he's the person that's going through the bone cancer, it just took me to another place. But I just thank God. I thank God so much. And I thank God for allowing me to uh, get more closer with him because my doctor wanted to put me on some depression medicine because I was having a hard time dealing with what my husband is going through. But he's, he's doing well. So I just want to say thank you, church, and I love you all. Amen. Amen. Sister Gross is coming for prayer. And I want everybody to take the hand of the person next to you. Bless the Lord. And let us join in this prayer together. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we come now thanking you for the blessing of another day. For giving us this opportunity to open our eyes this morning to see that you're still God. 
Master, we're with your servant, your child, Sister Gross, who's come standing in the gap for her brother, Master. Father, we ask, O oh Lord, that you would look down on him, O oh Lord. Take care of him, Lord. Through, through this journey that has been placed upon him, O oh Lord, we ask, O oh Lord, that you would just stay with him. And for Sister Gross, O oh Lord, we ask that you would comfort her. Reassure her that you are still in charge. No matter the situation, no matter the circumstances, you are still God. You have all power. Bless now, Lord, both these your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let the church say amen. God is a good God. Amen. God is a healing God. Some of y'all don't know the depth of the testimony that was just shared this morning, but uh, if you get her to herself and ask her about all she was talking about, she'll tell you the Lord is a healer. Amen. The Lord is a healer, and we thank God for that. We're going to prepare now uh, to share in the Lord's Supper. We ask that you begin preparing your hearts. Preparing your minds as we share, celebrate this ordinance of the church, and share in this moment these elements, bread representing the body, wine representing the blood. I'm going to ask Reverend Bolden if she will join us. There are, there are those who might be strict denominationalists who would look at this moment with a bit of skepticism Baptist and a Methodist around the Lord's table but I read in my Bible that in Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek I read in my Bible that there's neither male nor female in, in my Bible that if we are in Christ, we are one body. And so we've already shared in, in our theology, in our understanding of what this represents. And so we invite you to embrace this moment of unity. Amen. Amen. Let us pray together. Eternal God, our Father, how grateful and how thankful we are for this moment, this moment of communion in which the unity of Christ is experienced and expressed. Oh God, we thank you for the sacrificial blood of your son. We thank you, oh God, that he loved us enough that he would die on a cross for all of our sins. And now God, we celebrate in this moment. Oh God, we ask that you shine your light from heaven upon our souls. Open those doors, those doors that we have allowed to be shut in our lives, giving, not giving you access. Open them now. And if you find anything that should not be, 
Lord, take it out. Remove it now. Strengthen us now. In Jesus' name. And for his sake we pray. Amen. And amen. When Jesus was in the tomb, he was wrapped in grave clothes. But on that third day morning, when Peter and John came to the tomb, they found that the body was gone, but the grave clothes remained. This table represents that tomb where his body was laid with grave clothes wrapped around it. But when he rose, the linens were removed. Deacons. Let us break bread together. If there is anyone with a gluten sensitivity, if you have a gluten sensitivity, we do have gluten-free wafers for you. If you will identify yourself, Deacon Gentry will serve you those wafers as we do want you to participate with us in this communion service. If you'll identify yourself, you will be served those wafers. Let us break bread.
Let us drink wine together. Praise God together. Has anyone been omitted? And he took bread, break it, and blessed it, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Likewise, after the same manner, he took the cup and blessed it, saying, This is the blood of the New Testament which is shared for the remission of sin. As often as we do this, we do show forth his death and suffering until he comes again. Let us drink together. And when they finish, 
they sung a hymn and went out into the Mount of Olives. grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace.